you're listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your host, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that? We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Not anything. And our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. Welcome to Casual Swinger. I'm not going to assume that you listened before. Maybe it's your first time. So, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't fuck with me now. No, I owned I it. You owned <laughs> it. You got it. I win. That's right. So, hey, another episode of Casual Swinger. My name's Mickey. And I'm Mallory. And we have special, special guests with us today. Actually, we're not in the studio. We're in their studio in I the know. middle of fuck all Iowa. Yeah, we're in the cornfield. We are. Yeah. in the corn with the swingers of the corn. The corn, corn fed swingers. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Derek and hey. Jess, say hi to everybody. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be shy. You've done this before. <laughs> they just got all sheepish. It was pretty good. Thanks for having us. Yes. Have Very we ever, happy to be back. The the times we've recorded together, have we ever done it in person? No. It was over the phone. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, it's long overdue then. We were very nervous at the time, so very nervous. But this is a lot easier. I like the round table event. It's very nice. So you're yeah. here in the corn. Yeah. While we just grab another yeah. ear of corn and eat it while we're here. So. Yeah. 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 That's that's all we do. Is just sit around heard, and eat corn all the time. I yeah. heard when it gets really hot here, they just automatically start pop, like popping pop, in pop, the field. Pop. Yeah. No. Sounds like rifles going off, but yeah. it's actually yeah. corn <laughs> popping yeah. in the fields. So if you hear the little pop, it's. Don't it's not a drive-by. It. Definitely no. not an Iowa. No. Oh goodness, no <laughs> okay. <trip. Yeah. laughs> it's a drive-by corn thievery. Yeah. That's all right. Well, hey, uh, so this episode, we're going to talk about regret a little bit today. And, you know, regret has a lot of connotations, a lot of permutations. We're going to dig into all of that. You know, regret is, I mean, we can literally just call this episode regret because I think we've all lived with regret. We've all dealt with regret. We know people that have. So we're going to talk about that in a lifestyle sense mm-hmm. and, you know, what it feels to what it feels like to regret things and, and deal with it and deal with it with each other talking about it. So we'll dig into all that here in a little bit, but we got some news for oh you Oh my guys. gosh, we have so much news. I feel like it's been eons, but also just like a hot minute since we've been here. So am, am I allowed to say this? Can I be the first one or do you want to do the honors? No, no, go right ahead. Okay. So this has been a long time coming. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm actually like vibrating on the inside. So we announced just the other day, casual swinger week at hedonism to April 2023 and like I'm losing my shit. I'm so excited. <laughs> it is a big deal. It's something I think you guys know that we love Hito. We've gone to Hito for a long time. Uh, we've been a part of things at Hito and we're very fortunate to have had that opportunity to be a part of things and learn the ropes from some of our friends mm-hmm. and we're hosting our first trips. So. It is. It's, it's us. It's, it's great. Um, we have a great partnership uh, with a, a travel agency. Um, we have a lot of rooms available and, and can't wait for you guys to join us and how fortuitous it is that we're here with the Corn Fed Swingers live, and they're our first host couple. That's right. Oh, we're so excited. Uh, so excited. It's going to be an amazing time. So come party with us because it's, oh, so, 
So ready for it. So. <laughs> Can I just say, being live in person, watching you guys just announce that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's, that was a, that's a momentous occasion. Like, that's going to go down in, like, the scrapbook. Casual swinger lore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's our first trip, and we're very excited about it, and we couldn't be more excited to announce you guys as our hosts. So We're honored, and we're yes. so excited. So excited. This is going to be a big deal. If you guys don't know Derek and Jess, they're corn-fed swingers on Twitter. You uh, won't be sad if you, you start following. Like, I implore <laughs> you to do so. Yeah, these guys are fantastic. We adore them, and we love working with them. So I know that they're going to do a great job of supporting all of you yep. and helping us in our aim, which, by the way, in Casual Swinger Week, we have one goal. Our aim is to make sure you're having the best day of the best vacation of your life. Period. End of story. All day, every day. We're not always going to hit that mark, but we're always going to try. And that's what these guys are here to help us do. 100%. I think uh, our, our value systems are very in line. They're Hito veterans. And they're some of the most wonderful humans on the planet as far as, like, empathy, sympathy, and just general compassion and good times. I mean, fuck, if you can't have a good time with these guys, it's probably on you. Yeah. <laughs> and they think you're kind of hot. Yeah. No, I don't no, just, just, just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> teeny, teeny wink, bit. Wink, nod. What's up? <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of things about this trip that we're excited about, but I think the biggest thing that we're excited about is just getting some of our favorite people on the entire planet together to party in the place we call home. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people you could go with, a lot of different trips out there with a lot of different features. We like to think we bring something a little different to the table. I happen to know that some of our favorite friends in podcasting are talking about coming along oh, with I us. Know so this could how. be a great opportunity to hang out with your favorite podcasters. How fucking epic is that going to be? Fingers crossed and like I, just stay tuned for more. On yeah, I'm not going to call anybody nope, out right nope. now. But it's there. That's a great opportunity. And we're partnering with a company called Shameless Care. Ooh, for this, this is, trip, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, this is something very unique to our lifestyle community space, and I think it's a great opportunity and um, a resource for anyone out there, especially anyone who's uh, apprehensive about leveraging their primary care physician or talking to their doctors about their lifestyle choices, because I know you and I have both had experiences that were very, very negative in that aspect. Well, absolutely. And it, kinda, and it eliminates that. So I'll, I'll stop talking and let you explain what it is. No, no, I think you're doing a great job. I mean, shameless care is an opportunity for you to not only get uh, tested regularly at home without a doctor's intervention, without anybody looking down their nose at you, without declaring yourself high risk or non-monogamous or whatever to the family doctor. Uh, I know. Offer you counseling. Yeah, yeah well, our, that's health, what we our health system in Orlando is very religious. And that was hand me a religious survey when I walk in. And they regret it every time. As a matter of fact, the last time I filled it out, they threatened me with putting me in the mental ward. Yeah, yeah that they, was they were not like, a fun conversation. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was great. But I fucked with them relentlessly. They were like, how's your relationship with God? I'm like, our Lord Satan, he's great. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, I yeah. fucked with them relentlessly. <laughs> uh, but the, the gist of it, though, is shameless care gives you the ability and... Uh, Frankly, they give it to you in a way where there's no shame. And I, I hate to use that, but it's why they call it shameless care. Right. No one can look down their nose at you. And it's not just testing. It's also ED. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to get you know, some swinger insurance, you could do that through these guys and do it a little cheaper than you could do it through Roman for hims or some of those other guys. Now, the package that we're partnering with these guys on is a pre- and post-trip testing package. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be offering a special deal for anybody that comes with us and books with us. We're going to give these guys, so when you come and book with us, one of the perks that you get is a Casual Toys gift card to help you buy some goodies for the theme nights yeah, at Hedonians. Exactly, exactly. Your outfits or maybe some toys, mm -hmm. right? Some staples, like maybe some Unicana, Uberloop, whatever you might need for the trip. 
Yep. So, that's so a, that's definitely we're going to help you out with a gift card for that. However, if you book Shameless Care and send us a copy of your receipt, you can redact all the you know important stuff. Let us know that you've booked Shameless Care and you're coming on our trip. We will double the size of your Casual Toys yes. gift card. Yes, just as a little bonus for being responsible. So something to know, it's not covered by your insurance, so it is an out-of-pocket expense. But, you know, for the, the cost of discretion and convenience, um, in my op- opinion, um, if it's something that you can... Um, Afford absolutely do it. I know we'll be yeah. doing it. I just think it's a really cool thing to have, especially if that's something you're concerned about. We always do tell people, and we espouse this all the time, if you're going to play, you should get tested when you play. Yeah. Period. Every time. Why? Because your test is only good until you play. Yeah. After that, who the fuck knows? Yeah, exactly. And let me let me clarify my statement. You could probably try to submit it to your insurance company to get a partial payment on it, but it's going to be a, a little tasky. My recommendation to people would be to use their uh, FSA. Use your flexible spending account because that makes it it makes it a tax write off. There you go. So if you're going to do something, you know, use your insurance, use your FSA to pay for your testing. And by the way, they have full year plans where yes. they will send you tests that you can do every couple of months. Yeah. If you're an active swinger and you're not a casual swinger, you're an active swinger. <laughs> you get your ass out there. An aggressive swinger. An aggressive swinger. A prolific swinger. <laughs> <laughs> Prolificswingers.com. Here we go. Anyway, we're going to Hito. We hope you guys will come with us. This is going to be a great time. It's it's April 1st through 8th. You can book on casualswinger.com. Look at the top. It says Casual Swingers going to Hedonism 2. And I shit you not, we are going to Hedonism 2 with our friends, Derek and Jess, the Corn Fed Swingers, as our first host couple. We're very excited. Oot. We have more announcements to make for you as time goes on. Get ready to hear more about it. You'll probably be sick of hearing this shit. But we'll stop bugging you if you book all the rooms. So let us know. Yeah, let's go. Now, where are we going next after we leave Iowa? Oh, my gosh. We have <laughs> busy ass summer. So we're heading to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, Nash Vegas. Twice. Motherfucker. Yeah. We're going twice to Nashville. Can I know. Nashville so we're going. Weekend? Yep. So we're going next weekend. And then uh, we're going to be uh, meeting um, the Joneses. Yeah. Right. That's in uh, September. And then we got a thing group. Yeah, yeah. in September. So end of September... Uh, we'll be up there for uh, a weekend of fun and shenanigans with those guys. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. We can't thank the Joneses enough for you know throwing us a little love and letting us jump in with them. Uh, really excited to host with those guys and maybe do a joint session or something with two people that I uh, consider to be royalty in this space. Well, so. and, I, and they're just such good humans. Like, it, if whatever they need, I'm in. You know, and it, it's, I know it's going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. I think, well, I just think that they set the tone for all of us. They, they show us how this shit's supposed to be done. So I'm really looking forward Agreed. to seeing it firsthand because I know that they're professionals and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, the and pl- how do you not have fun in Nashville? Yeah, that's true. That's Nashville's true. Awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that too. Now, uh, what else do we got going on? Well, obviously we're in Iowa now. We're in I- we're in Nashville next week. We're in Nashville in September. We will be getting out and about and doing more things. What you guys are going to see because you know this is episode 21 of season four, which feels like it's lasted for fucking ever. I know it's the longest season of our lives. Right, it's the yeah. season that never ends, but it does end. The season ends with the next episode, episode twenty-two, that's coming up after this one. And in season five, our faces are coming out. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of we peeked. I looked around the door and said, "Hey, stop!" But um, yeah, no, we're we'll have our faces out there. You did that on your OnlyFans page. I did, um, but yeah. I, I like that we'll have our faces out there. Yeah. What's well, you know what you guys have been looking at us for over four years now. We want to look back at you. Yeah. So I think it's a good time. We're looking forward to it. Anything else we need to tell these guys about? Uh, don't forget to book your trip with us. Yeah, right. Don't forget <laughs> to yes, come party with us. Book. Come party with us. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if you've ever been thinking about uh, going to Hita, now is a, a great time. Oh, it's Just it's going it. to be the best. These guys show you the best time of your life. I'm telling you, 
Yeah, that's from the bottom of my heart. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, cue the dance scene from Dirty Dancing, and nobody puts baby in a corner. Oh yeah, yeah. No, well, and we're gonna start dropping hints to you guys too. I'm gonna, you know, we'll jump out of here and jump in with uh, regret, but you know, we're gonna drop hints. We're gonna let you guys know what kind of shenanigans are coming your way. We're gonna tell you what makes this trip special. Over the next couple of months here on Casual Swinger, but you can also pay attention on Twitter and Instagram and all the other places we exist as we start to roll out some of the secrets that we have coming your way for this event. But the first aye one aye. right here is letting them know who their hosts are going to be. Now, you want to tell everybody how to find us, and we'll come back and talk about what it means to regret your life? Yeah, hell yes, I do. Yeah, let's go. So we're Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us at uh, casualswinger.com. You can also message us, uh, podcast at casualswinger.com. And if you'd like to say something nice about us, which is really super cool and makes my day, you can give us a review on iTunes. But if you don't like us, please send, um, who do we send those to? Black and Kinky? Oh, yeah. I, yeah definitely yeah, send your yeah. complaints <laughs> to Black and Kinky. Kara Bummer. I love this guys. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Send it to Lock and Trace, too. <laughs> yeah, Lock, Lock like, could use some of yeah, our hate let's, mail. Let's, let's switch it to the Sweet Life. Yeah, <laughs> send, send it to Sweet, sweet Life podcast, podcast sweet. courtesy of Mallory. Um, no, uh, we're also on social media. That's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and, uh, Twitter, sexy Twitter. Hey, Yay. and you can also find us on the dating sites. Like when I be bashful, you know, let's, let's get together and have a drink or something. Yay. Um, that's, uh, SLS, uh, double date nation, SCC and Cassidy. Uh, so that I can't do it guys. You guys have heard me try to do it. It never works out well, but hang in there. We'll be back in just a minute with our friends, the corn Fred swingers to talk about regret. Who's Don't, Corn Fred? Corn Fred? <laughs> corn Fred's their neighbor. That's what I thought. Everybody here's first name is Corn. It's just Corn Fred, Corn Frida, Corn Chips. All I of the can't corn. with you. Yeah. Go corn, home. Corn, nug- corn Nugget, that's their kids. Corn Dog. There we go. We'll be back in just a second. You've been listening to Casual Swing. everybody welcome back to casual swinger that short little break where we didn't do anything except get more whiskey and uh more corn hip hip hooray yeah we, what did we, we named it the corn dog did we get that yeah yes yeah. yes mm-hmm. we looked for our dog and he was nowhere to be found but he's in he's, the, he's in the corn bed. he's in the corn yeah <laughs> he's with <laughs> the, the corn cat the corn field is that your bedroom <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> well all right we're gonna have a conversation about regret i got corn today. felt okay you yeah. got corn felt up yes i did Ooh, it was great <laughs> This, these jokes are going to be all over this episode, guys, so maybe we'll end up regretting that. I don't know. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, See, I'm just, good segue. Just bringing in the segues. But. So let's talk a little bit about just the concept of regret. Mm, yeah, this is going to be a good conversation because it kind of has, there's two categories of regret. You, you have hindsight and what's the other one? Well, you, you have regret things you've done mm-hmm. and regret things you haven't done. Yeah. And so when I was a DJ in college, uh, there was a butthole surfer song, I think is what it was. And wow, that's not where I thought that was going, but I'm glad. I did say butthole. I know. We say butthole a lot on the show, but usually, yeah, no. It was butthole surfer song. But anyway, in the intro to the song, uh, a child says, Daddy, is it better to regret? Or no, he asks him, he says, what does regret mean? That's what he says. He says, Daddy, uh-huh. what does regret mean? And he says, well, the funny thing about regret, son, is that it's better to regret something you did do than to regret something you didn't do. So you're telling me these words of wisdom came from the butthole servers? <laughs> okay. That's, that's right. <laughs> I'm still Your here. dime's worth of wisdom came <laughs> courtesy of the butthole surfers. Huh. No. Uh, but for us in the lifestyle, and I'm going to get some other people to talk because I know you guys are getting sick of my fucking voice now. Uh, 
do you guys think that it's better in the lifestyle to regret what we've done and what rather than what we haven't done? And why? Do you guys have any examples? Yeah, this is a tough one. It is really tough. And in the context of the lifestyle, I I was thinking about this today, knowing this conversation was happening, and that in normal life, I would say that regretting something that you didn't do is worse than having regret after something you do, if that made sense. But in the lifestyle, is it different? Because, you know, safety could be involved or something that's could be traumatic or Mm -hmm. detrimental to your relationship or what have you. Well, let's get on that rabbit hole for a minute because we did talk about, we talked about shameless care in the lead in Uh, from a safety perspective. Do we often find ourselves in the lifestyle regretting things that came back to bite us? Is that the reason we regret it? Right? So for example, from a safety perspective, let's say that you decided to play without protection. Mm, Okay. And, an easy identification of regret there would be that you turned up pregnant or caught an STI. Maybe, you know, God willing, it's something that Ajax washes off. But, I mean, that's instant karma. That's instant regret. You go home, it burns one IP. This was a stupid idea. Um, how do we deal with that kind of regret if it's something that's fucking instantaneous? We know wow. we fucked up. I think that one's, that's like a donkey kick right to mm-hmm. the face, yeah. right? I mean, because yeah. it happens so quickly. The, the delta between the enjoyment and the pleasure that you're getting or w- whatever um, opportunity you had at the forefront that made it worthwhile, that risk-reward conversation that you have, and then it flips it on his face and goes instantly and goes, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dopamine and serotonin are assholes. Because Ooh, I, you think so? I, I love them so <laughs> much. But once they start talking, your brain checks out. They're drugs. That's effectively what they are. They convince you that well, feeling call good. Them drugs. I is, would call them chemicals. Well, what else are drugs? I mean, if we yeah. if we reach out to sex but on the are, fringe, yeah. they're going to tell us that chemicals <laughs> are amazing. We so. can have let's have this conversation with them. Like, look, put a pin in that. Oh, like I'll but remember. You, I have six concussions. <laughs> Eight, but that's okay. Cool. See, guys. <laughs> no, uh, I think that when it comes to something that feels good and it excites you, it's easy to tell that little voice in the back of your head or the devil or the angel on your shoulder, sit down and shut the fuck up. It'll be okay. And then when, and almost immediately, when we do something like that, regret sets in. Mm -hmm. Even before something bad happens. Oh yeah, the guilt, like that that intermediary guilt Mm -hmm. space, yeah. Or the fear of, what the fuck did I just do? What have I done? Did I fuck up my marriage? Mm -hmm. Did I potentially hurt the person I love? Did this hurt me so now I can maybe not be in the lifestyle the way I used to be because I went ahead and threw caution to the wind. That is probably, in my opinion, the most common example of regret where we've done something that has put us in a position where we may have a problem. Mm -hmm. And that regret stems from something we talk about all the time in Casual Swinger, fear. Mm -hmm. We're afraid what we did will come back to bite us. Mm -hmm. So we start regretting it. How do we keep that from happening? <laughs> hmm. I mean, I don't know. You could live in a hole and never take a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, you guys, you guys call me my bullshit. I think that's something that pretty much everyone can relate to regret, not only because you face the f- consequence, but that, that space in between. I did this thing that's out of norm or out of character, but I was inspired by the risk reward, you know, equation I did. But now that it's happened, even though I haven't faced any consequences, now I cannot help but think and, and churn and chew over all the potential negative outcomes that mm-hmm. could possibly happen because of the choices I make. Yep. 
have you guys experienced that? Like, in, it's in the lifestyle specifically. I know, I think as humanity goes, I think we can all point at that. But in the lifestyle, does that relate to you to any degree? We've definitely had some times in which we look back and we we say, you know, we would we regret this. But at the same time, we don't necessarily regret it because then now we know for the future that, okay, this is something that we didn't want to do or that we wish wouldn't have happened. So now we know how to kind of avoid it in the future. So I feel like there's always a learning opportunity. I love that you said that because I had a conversation with someone uh, recently um, when we were down in New Orleans that when... Um, as hard as it is, especially as a couple, you experience some trials and tribulations and strife in the lifestyle because, you know, th- it's normal, right? But it's diff- it can be very difficult in the moment. It's also an opportunity to learn something and grow from it, mm-hmm. you know, because we have the the general rule between the two of us. There's no deal breakers, mm-hmm. you know, so we we uh, give ourselves that, that security to know no matter what happens, we're going to get through it together. So no, no matter what, that's still the deal we have together. Yep. And no matter how bad that situation could be in the moment, we're going to look at it and go, okay, we got fucked. It got jacked. We, we messed up. Um, and it's happened. It's, it's definitely happened, 100%. And we, we haven't made the same mistake twice. No. I will go out. Th- as far as I know, in the lifestyle, we haven't really made the same mistake. With no, twice. I never slam my dick in the same door twice. It's, same. Yeah, I always same, try I, I also, yeah, please. Yeah, I don't. I can't yes. say my labias, but I mean, I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you said something, Jess, that I think is really powerful and really points at something important. So when we have things that happen to us that we find regretful or regrettable, or and again, sometimes it's instant karma, and sometimes it, we grow to regret it because of maybe how we made someone feel or someone we ignored or someone that we didn't spend time with and we wish we had. They all become learning opportunities. Opportunities to alter your behavior in the future to prevent from having to feel that way. Mm-hmm. See, life is a teacher, but How it's also it? okay. a despicable bitch, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really what we have to I gotta be a she. <laughs> Maybe he's a bitch. Could, could okay, be. thank you. Sure. I, I, all right, <laughs> equal opportunity, I'm just saying. Yeah, so for for me, I think when I when I really sit down and evaluate regret and think about the mistakes I've made that I regret, they're very seldom are they instant karma kind of things. They're more about how maybe I felt made somebody feel with something I said. That's usually what it is for me because I get a big mouth. Yep. Uh, but it's also maybe the the road I didn't take. Right, so we go back mm-hmm. to Whitman and the road road oh, not taken. Man. Right, so yeah, I I feel that on a spiritual level because I I almost always err on the side of caution because I I have trouble consolidating and coping with the potential um, opportunity to have to deal with the, the consequences. Right, so like I I tend to follow the rules a little more. I tend to take the the road more traveled or the safer safer one for those reasons, because I just struggle there. Um, but then I find myself, if I had to say what regret I experience, it's it's the roads not taken, the, the opportunities, and the why didn't I just ask for the business or, tr- you know, at least try to fir- flirt. The worst I can say is no, right? Like, I shouldn't. But we're afraid of being told that. I know. We're terrified mm. of being told I hate that. it. It's the worst thing ever. You never say it, and then when you do, like, I fall to pieces. Yeah, of like course. It's the worst thing ever. So let's let's kind of drive this conversation back toward the lifestyle for a minute. 
So, and I'm going to start by saying something that I have regretted personally in our lifestyle experiences. And let's go around and just kind of think of something. So you guys, I'm giving you time, guys, since we're roundtabling this thing. Yeah. To think about something in the lifestyle that you did or you didn't do that you dealt with regret on. And in my case, uh, it's something I've talked about fairly extensively here on Casual Swinger. Uh, but there are a lot of cases where I do find somebody interesting. I do find somebody attractive. And I convince myself that they would not be interested in me, so I make the decision for them. And I tell Rude. them in my head that I'm not good enough for them. So I make their decision for them. And I have regretted it multiple times. I never learned my lesson. I never stopped doing it. Right. So in those cases, my regret is what did I miss? Right. This, so this is this is the path I go down. What did I miss? What could have happened? Could it have gone differently? And I actually spend cycles thinking about that. I spend cycles thinking about maybe we'd be friends today. Maybe I'd be sitting at their table in Iowa, you know, mm-hmm. because and in, in I mean, you guys are an excellent example of That's where we true. pulled our heads out of our ass. Yeah. Right? I'm so glad you did. Yeah, Me too. Right? I was brave as fuck. I'm just going to throw that out there. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm lobbing it out there and I'm going for gold. <laughs> you shot your shot and you scored. I did. It was great. Yeah. I believe I still had a microphone in my hand and I looked over and she was making out with, with Jess or something. And I was like, oh. I think I picked her up and like we were in the pool. I was like, come here. I like you. Oh, <laughs> I very much recall that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty fucking hot from my point of view, too. Yeah. No, I was, it was great. wearing a giant top hat. And I promise it wasn't assault. I asked for permission you did you did yeah but that's a case where you know it, it had nothing to do with me and frankly if it was up to me we probably wouldn't have hmm. because i know how i act in those situations that is a regret that i have and i regret that i will probably do it again hmm. and you know how hard it is to regret something you haven't done yet mm-hmm. that is literally self-flagellation yeah yeah it really is yeah it truly well. is how about you mel Oh, okay, so for me, it's not totally dissimilar. I think I convinced myself. I, hmm, I think it's a defense mechanism because I'm af- I'm afraid of rejection. Rejection and abandonment are really on my list of like the bullshit that goes through in in my brain and my the inherent or irrational fears that I possess. Um, but definitely convincing myself that that person's not flirting with me, like misreading signs. So I just decide that no one's doing it. So I I miss it completely, and I I remember and, and I. D- if the couple's listening, they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But, like, they actually asked for the business, and, and I think they were um, uh, gearing towards, like, playroom activity. And because my brain didn't process, I've already denied the fact that they, not dissimilar to you, were flirting or suggesting that that was something that might be on the table. I was like, oh, no. Like, I thought they were being very literal in their statement, so I decided it wasn't an invite and it was hours later that it it processed. And I'm like, oh, my God, they think I wasn't interested in them because they, they basically, in a very sexy way, kind of asked for the business. And it, I, I didn't register that that's what they wanted because how I, I, wasn't, I allowed myself to be in that headspace. Hmm. Yeah, it was insane. It was something about playrooms. Really? Yeah. So how did the regret that you're you're talking about right now how did it manifest did it manifest in the moment did it manifest later it was did you much, stew on it it was much later and now it's like it's like a ghost it haunts me a little bit because i can't redo that and if i go to explain it it's gonna sound it may potentially sound contrived 
Like I'm trying to make them feel better and I'm not like I, I actually, I just convinced myself and this happens a lot at lifestyle events that we attend because I go into host mode because as long as I'm in host mode, I have a little bit of a crutch to fall back on to where like I don't necessarily have an opportunity for rejection because I'm not really putting myself out there if I, if I, if I feel uncomfortable or have those irrational fears. So is that kind of a version of sour grapes where we're going, you know what? If I'm in host mode and I'm working, then I can't be told no because I can't ask. I'm yeah. too busy. It's kind of, so, yeah, a yeah, little bit. I don't really it's, want that anyway because I'm how, busy. Oh, that's really, I'm, can we just, can we edit this out? Because now <laughs> I feel really vulnerable and very weird. <laughs> well, I think, I think to a certain extent we all do it. Yeah. Right. And you made an interesting comment there from my perspective that regret itself becomes a specter that you have to live with. It haunts you and follows you. And whether it's a lesson learned, which can be a good thing, or a road not taken that becomes an obsession. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing. So how about you, Jess? What do you got? Oh, you know, it's it's the road not traveled for me. Um, not a specific yeah. circumstance, I would say, but just, you know, replay. Derek and I both do this, you know, after we go on a trip or after we meet a new couple, it's it's replaying what could have happened or what could what could we have done better so do, would you say you like overanalyze the situation? Yes, 100%. And is, 100%. That is that normal to your character? And then you apply it to the lifestyle situ- situation. And this is like a multiplier. Like it takes my <laughs> personality or characteristic flaws and times them by 10. <laughs> yes. Does, does, yeah. that, does that mm-hmm. make sense or like how it resonates with you as far as like yes. emotionally? Yes, yes. I mean. And we're both, I mean, we're mm, four years into the lifestyle and I don't feel like we're newbies anymore, but still we're more reserved and sometimes I wish we were a little bit more aggressive, but at the same time, our style is a little bit more, you know, we want to be friends and if we seal the deal, great. That's the cherry on mm-hmm. top, but it it's all, it's about the friendships for us. So, mm-hmm. but of course there's always those times where, Oh man, I think they were flirting with us. Oh, were they? I don't know. And Do it's like, fi- we should have just, we should have just asked. Do you find yourself friend zoning You're like, or cock blocking yourself because of that, that tactic or that approach? Not no, actually, not really. Okay. Um, no, hot people don't have to do that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I've inadvertently friend zoned myself uh, a few times, so I'm just wondering if it, oh. it's just a me thing, maybe. <laughs> I call that a slow Tuesday. I friend zone myself all the time, so I get it. Yeah, you, yeah, that's yeah. true. So that's you a do. thing. I mean, everybody you listens do. knows that at this point. But so it's the road not taken for you, and in wondering what you might have missed. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you get past that? Have you reconciled that? Have you come to terms with that in in yourself to go? This isn't what I want for our lifestyle experience, so I'm gonna maybe try something different. I, I just go back to the learning, and then when we when we are in a situation again and realize that we're kind of repeating something that's already happened, that you know it's we we recognize that and kind of bring it to our awareness and try and make a move. Uh, in our kind of uh, shy, <laughs> weird, very weird way. But. Just stand there and be awkward until they want to yeah. fuck. Wave yeah. at them. Hi. Just, yeah. Hi. You jump Hi. out from a bush and go, hello, we are friends. We are friends. Well, no, we jump out nice from the corn, you. Mallory. The corn. Yeah. Jump out from the corn. The corn is always just easy to like mass behind, so then that's really easy for us to just do. Like we hide behind the corn, and then when we're ready to come out and see you, then we just pop out of it. Right. Ah, I see what you did there. You popped out of the corn. <laughs> yeah. Nice job, Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, 
my grandmother used to say that the challenge of youth is that it's wasted on the young. And that by the time you figure life out, you're too old to do anything about it. So having conversations like this and listening to conversations like this, like people are doing right now, are kind of pivotal and key to overcoming that thing that my grandmother regretted on her deathbed, which is that if she knew everything that she knew then, when she was younger, life would have turned out so differently. Mm. And it was one statement of regret that if I had only known, I wouldn't have done it the way I did it. But I asked her before she died, I said, what would you, what about me? Would you have done anything differently? Because she saved my life. You know, she took me in. And she said, I wouldn't change a thing. True story. Wow. Yeah. Even the parts that hurt. Hmm. So when I hear things like that and I think about things like that, I think that we carry regrets for people sometimes. I always thought she gave up her golden years for me that she gave up the years where she was supposed to be calm and, and resting and, and happy and going traveling and doing things. She gave up all that to raise me. And I was a nightmare, right? Yeah, so I, I was to say I heard stories. I was awful. You were a handful. Oh, yeah. And she gave up all that and didn't regret a bit of it. And if she did, she wouldn't tell me. So that's not a lifestyle thing, but you know what? Our life is the lifestyle. We talked about that on Twitter when we launched our Hedo trip. But this is who we are. So the failures that we have, and if, when we hear we have conversations with the people we love and respect, sometimes we can apply those things to the lifestyle. And that's kind of what I turned around and said, is I don't want to carry regrets. I want to be like her. I want to say I'll never regret a thing because I learned from it. Mm -hmm. What about you, Derek? Did you? Is there some aspect of the lifestyle for you where you've dealt with regret or carrying something that you wish you had done differently? Yeah, for me, it's it's usually after after an event or something, I always think about how I could have made it better for the person I'm with, for Jess, for everyone involved. I always just compartmentalize everything in my brain. So I'll lay down at night, and I'll still be off that, that high that we all get right after after being with somebody else, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in, the, in plain situations. And, and for me, it's just, I always think about what could I have done better? Um, but I've, I've learned to deal with that a little bit better. Um, and that's just over the years of, of continuing being in the lifestyle and, and communication and everything. I was just going to say communication. Communication. It's all, it all comes back to communication. Um, but, I, I don't think I necessarily regret what I do, but at the same time, it's just always thinking about how I can make it better. And, and, and he's a pleaser, lady and ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he is. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> Very There's two much women so. at the table going, yes. Derek's a pleaser. Yeah, <laughs> making me blush. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Right, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey's a taker, ladies. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like pillow princess. Uh, uh, so we'd, would you say that you're, I don't want to say your own risk critic, but like, your scorecard and mine might be different for the same situation where you're going to say maybe needs improvement. Like you performed well, but however you, you can see like a, a, an opportunity to make it better. 
or maybe on the other side of the fence, they're like, that was fucking phenomenal. So so maybe you're not giving yourself credit and deciding those things for them, kind of like Nikki does and to some degree. Yes, always just your worst critic. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. You know, you, yeah, you, yeah. Does that take away some of the, the glow and the pleasure of the experience, like the a- after effects for you? Because you're like running down the scorecard and, and taking in the bullet points for where you need to do better. Because it seems like, I think, I think in the moment, yeah. I yeah. mean, we talked about it, you know, being in the moment, mm-hmm. no. But I, I, in certain situations, maybe, uh, because you just, yeah, because you want to just please them so, so, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more thinking about what they're thinking. And, and that's, that's kind of what runs through my mind all the time is, is, did they did they like me did they you know what could i do in the future and then you know they let you fuck them i'm pretty sure they (laughs) like you (laughs) i I already told you how to do this i already told you just look at her ankles (laughs) ankles will tell you everything that's right that's right that's right you can tell everything about what a woman thinks of you by her ankles it's the ankle ankle ear theory yes that's right (laughs) ankles are your ears she likes you yeah if her ankles are on your shoulders you're good i love that that's uh Words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Enjoy the fortune cookies. Yeah. That's, yes. <laughs> That's right. You ought to see these fortune cookies. They're great. All right. So I want to talk about another facet of regret. And I think it's probably the base function of regret. And what stems from it is apology. When you really mm-hmm. regret something, you end up, at least on some level, apologizing for it. But why is it so fucking hard to say I'm sorry and mean it? Because when you actually apologize and you mean it, you're not going to do it again. You understand what you did wrong. And a lot of times, what we actually regret is that we hurt somebody, that somebody's mad at us. We don't necessarily regret what we did because we don't understand it. We don't understand why it hurt. We don't agree with them why they're upset. What we regret is that we're dealing with their bullshit in this moment, well, right? Well, it's a peripheral ancillary response to whatever that, that risk-reward conversation was. I still got the positive outcome, but peripherally on the on the sidelines, these were the other consequences that we didn't maybe account for, which happens all the fucking time in life. Right, and sometimes you don't know you fucked up till your wife throws a coffee cup at your head. I think I want to call you out for one second because there's times... Real life shit, lifestyle and regular, regular everyday vanilla life. That you'll say something and then there's that condescending like, mm, I'm sorry. I'm like, you know what? No, fuck that. Don't you don't get to use that word unless you actually mean it. Cause sorry means I'm not gonna do it again. So if you're gonna do it again, you should probably just shut up and walk away. <laughs> because I will sorry. hold you to. I take apologies very seriously. Yeah, I just shut up and walk away yeah. all the time now. <laughs> nope, fuck it. Still going to do it. True. <laughs> so as as Midwesterners, that's uh, our second language is to say sorry. Like yeah. that's literally, it's open the door and, oh, sorry, it's, you go yep. first. No, yeah. sorry, you go Top first. No, sorry. In word, in our words. Oh, 100%. sorry. It's like yeah. punctuation. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> it's you guys and Canadians. They just say sorry. Sorry. Yeah, they, yeah I think they spell it a little different. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's dig in on that a little bit. Do you apologize when you have nothing to regret? And why? Like, what's, what's, mm. where does that come from? That's a loaded question, motherfucker. You're trying to get That's people like in trouble tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's an, I'm sorry for the way I made you feel. Help me understand, you know, exactly. Which is way better than, <clears throat> 
wink, wink, nod, point at this guy. I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, I'm famous oh. for that one. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way, folks. My words have gotten me into a lot of amazing things. Wait, yes. But yeah. they've also gotten me into a lot of bad things. Way more than your dick ever has. Like, yeah. I promise you. And I your can't always dig myself always. out as fast as I dig myself in. Uh, correct. It does not always work that way. I do love you dearly, though. I'm I really glad for that, that fact, because masturbation is not as much fun without you around. Fair enough. Yeah. You guys, I don't know if it's still masturbating, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so from a regret perspective, you know, apologies are usually where that comes from. Like, I, I really regret that you feel the way you do. I regret that you misunderstood me and you're angry at me. Uh, <laughs> what? Did I do it again? Yes. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but, you know. You just can't help it. <laughs> oh, help me. No, I, and I, I was just fucking with you. But it, it, the thing of it is, I actually regret that I harmed you. I regret that I caused you pain. How do we, how do we explain that in such a way in the lifestyle in particular, because it could be something so simple. And, and kind of what has my gears turning on this is we were part of a really unfortunate situation in New Orleans with a person that had a very bad situation. And we're not going to go into it. We're not going to talk about all that. But I had mountains of regret coming out of that situation for a hundred different reasons that I still have. And I can't fix it. I regret that. I couldn't do what I said I could do. I regret that. There's a lot of aspects to it. I'm not, I don't have anything to apologize for, but I still have regret and I still feel sorry. Okay. I'm going to socialize this and I just want to get your, your opinions. There's another part of regret that happens. And I think it does relate to the lifestyle to some degree because we've all had missteps at some point. It's just a matter of time. If you and your significant other are encroaching the lifestyle and having experiences that you're going to trip, it, it, it's just an inevitable, right? We're all fucking human. There, I feel like there is this gray area or blurred or dotted line from guilt and regret. And they can either be interpreted together or misinterpreted as one or the other. Like, I feel bad that that was the outcome. So does it make me regret it? Like, there's that's part of the potential equation in there. And I think, for me, the guilt of, like, if I... I did something and it was kosher. Like it's it's all within the parameters and boundaries. But however, there was this unexpected factor, and and by proxy, it hurt you. But it was never my intent to do so. The first reaction I would have is guilt, mm-hmm. and then I consolidate that to regret. That's the next progression of those emotions. This, I mean, call me my bullshit. No, yeah, I, you're I, basically saying, you know, the how do you get to regret? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the circle of of guilt, and then what comes in between possibly too right. of, you know, yeah. What other emotions are you, are you going through? So that, that's another other thing that you're mm-hmm. basically saying is, is what other emotions go on, on the way. Yeah. To regret. Exactly. Yeah. Are they part of the pathway or, or a result of, are we confusing them together? Cause it, when you have guilt, you're also taking accountability for something you did yeah. Yeah. or didn't do. I, I think of guilt as me harming somebody else and yeah. regret as, me doing something that I could have done better or wish I would have done or wish I wouldn't have done, but didn't necessarily affect another person. Yeah. Cause regret is basically internal and, and guilt is, is hurting somebody else is basically what you're saying. I mean, I kind of, I guess just if, if I feel, yeah, if I feel guilty, that means that, I mean, I guess I could have been hurting myself too, you know, but just 
when you when you brought those two words out together, that's kind of instantly what I thought of. Mm. Guilt is, you know, feeling horrible for doing something to somebody else, whereas regret is, oh, I could have done X or shouldn't have done X. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the thing of it is, you don't have your mom or your grandmother or your father or anyone to look at you and tell you that you did it wrong. All you have is that internal guide that says, probably could have done that better. Mm-hmm. And learning how to deal with it and establishing a, a protocol inside yourself for understanding what it is you're feeling isn't easy. So it's looking at yourself in the mirror and talking to yourself and going, suck it up, pussy. Get it together. Move on. Why is it always going to be a fucking pussy? Those bitches are tough. They can take a beating. Why can't it be a scrotum? You guys are all tender and, mm-hmm. yeah. and a very delicate scrotum. Yes. Well, yeah, it is. Suck it up, you fucking ball sack. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds way cooler. It does. It sounds way better. We we meant to change the title of the episode. Suck it up, ball sack. (laughs) No. Uh, So let's just kind of, we'll put a cap on this thing here uh, with this next pass through the table. In, In regards to lifestyle situations, let's put one thing out there each. How do we avoid regret how, like what is something we can do to avoid situations that we regret in the lifestyle moving forward and i'll start with mallory because i want to give poor derek a chance to think about it thank you <laughs> my boy, my boy you can't tell. This. we stuck a mic in his face and he's I like i don't know what to do what do i do with my hands i don't i can you see my hands right now or can you not see my hands you know, it helps if you fillet it. Like, once you've gotten to that point, you get really comfortable with it. Like, well, I just sucked you off. Like, so we're good friends now. So I'm not scared of you anymore. <laughs> Is um, that how you talk to penises? I mean, you should know. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, it, and what we're talking about here, Mallory, is just, I think everyone deals with this and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about, sh- we talk so much in the lifestyle and there's such huge things that we don't really dig into. One little word, regret. We have 45 minutes of conversation. One little word. And we could probably talk about it all night in different permutations. So in telling yourself, I don't want to feel this anymore, what's mm-hmm. something you can do to keep that from happening? So very personal to me, the situation that I gave you as an example is to be more present and not use that, that hosting mechanism as a um, crutch and a mask mm-hmm. to allow things to happen, be okay saying no or no thank you, because that is one of the reasons that that, that crutch kind of helps sometimes. Or believing that that's something they're really doing, paying attention you know, more attention to the signs and, and signals from, you know, other people that are actually are maybe flirting with me and there's an opportunity to have a great experience with them. Um, and also knowing that if I if I take that leap, as long as I have the intentions and the communication with you, you know, again, the potential for hiccups are going to happen. We may stumble a little bit, but again, I have that foundation knowing there's there's no there's no deal breakers. We can we can get through it. You know, you as long as we're not maliciously out there trying to screw each other over, we're going to be okay. You know, so I think moving forward, that's something I could do better to help mitigate any regrets I have in the future. As long as I don't use your towel. And then it's World War III. Then it's over. That's you the deal breaker, folks. Use Mallory's towel. Yes. Oh, my towels and my toothbrush. Like I'm shivering right now. Don't use my towel. Your, your toothbrush gets in the cracks when I'm cleaning the car. It doesn't really uh, <laughs> Joke's on you. That's my 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 faux toothbrush. Faux brush. Yeah, I hide right. my real one because I am scared you'd do that. No, I would. Sometimes there's like 
I I know I've angered you, and I go to bed before you some nights, mm-hmm. and I'm like, he's totally using my toothbrush to like comb my butt, comb, comb your armpits. Is what I was gonna say, actually, <laughs> and you had to take it to the next level. Thank you. <laughs> it's so fucking nasty. All right, anyway, Jess. What about Jess? You? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm regretting this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> regretting picturing Mickey uh, using a toothbrush to. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> but you can't actually picture it. Isn't that yeah. sad? Because we know that it's a plausibility. Uh, out of the mind. Uh, f- gosh, I would say not using past regrets to kind of put blinders on for moving forward in a way. Okay. I wish I could give a specific example. Um but I can't think of one at the moment. So it's like avoiding the situation because you've experienced yeah. before and, and had a kind of like, yeah, just, and then you kind of clam up. Snake bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also you kind of alluded to it, communication. So I have an awesome teammate and just communicating, you know, like we said, we do, you know, what could have, what, what could we have done better? Um, how can we avoid this in the future? So just making sure we have super open lines of communication kind of like the no deal breaker thing. Mm-hmm. That's a huge comfort. We say the exact same thing. I'm pretty sure we heard it from you and just 100% love that. Uh, and sometimes trying to go through scenarios before they happen to, to s- see what the potential outcomes would be, not obsessing about it in any mm-hmm. way, but to kind of give us a little bit of a roadmap uh, going forward, I guess. If that makes and sense. a fair one too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, it's, I was thinking about this, but it's how would you use regret as a positive thing? Because I feel like we're we're putting it in a, in a negative light and negative connotation, um, but how do, you, how do you learn from it? And for me, I'm always trying to learn to do things better, right? So use regret as a teacher, as a learning tool to build on something that maybe didn't go as well in, in the past and then communicate with your spouse your you know and then build on that so I, I think that's one thing you you can turn it around and make it a positive thing instead of a almost a negative thing because I feel like w- this whole conversation regret is in a in a bad light but mm-hmm. we, we could we could make it in a good light yeah, you know we could and I love that you said that and so I'm going to check in on you intermittently and see how it's going because instead of using that uh, process you go through is a stick that you might beat yourself with a little bit you know always moving that mark up for you and always saying oh I have room for improvement because mm-hmm. it, it can even though we may not acknowledge it at the moment it, it's that upside down triangle where you're not giving yourself enough credit at the same time right but also going okay I've an- analyzed and, and identified this uh, this circumstance and there's a regret tied to it, but I'm going to learn from this and improve upon myself. Totally different perspective. So I'm going to check in on you and see how you're doing with that. All right. I, I want to see. I'll that. hold you to it. Okay. It was just hold me. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Would all you get naked already? I swear to God. All right. I'm going to start now. No. Uh, so I'll finish it off. And for me, uh, my regret that continues to haunt me is all of the places I wasn't, all of the people I couldn't help. Uh, that's Can't the, save all the puppies. The mm. thing We've had this that, conversation, though. But it's the thing that, that I end up regretting the most is when something happens and I couldn't fix it. Something happens, I wasn't there. Some, somebody needed help and I wasn't around. And that's, that is literally the fear that I've carried I mean, with our children. You know, I had mm. our youngest son ask me once, what are you afraid of? 
because he, in his mind, his parents are superheroes oh and we're afraid of nothing. He really does think, he still thinks you're a superhero, <laughs> 100%, and he's an adult. And the thing, my answer to him is the thing I'm the most afraid of is not being there when you guys need me. That's the thing that I, that's my paralyzing fear. And it's the same thing for the lifestyle because I love this community as much as I do. That I feel like, and what I have to develop to combat regret personally is acceptance. That there's only so much I can do. I can do the best I can do. I can create the best content that we can come up with. I can tell the stories. I can be honest. I can be vulnerable. We can go to these events and put ourselves in a place to try and help people but we aren't always going to be able to make it right. Yes, and something I'm going to hold you to is identifying those circumstances where you're holding yourself accountable, where you were never accountable in the first place. You had no impact and no hope of ever changing the outcome of that situation because it wasn't yours to own, and you were you had zero visibility to it. But yet you still carry this guilt and regret that is completely irrational because of those reasons. You know, I love you for being the white knight. However, that's a that's a that comes at a cost. A and, deep one. And I, six to almost seventeen years, it is something that I'm constantly trying to help you with because you do beat yourself up over it. Mm, I've seen me do it mm-hmm. recently. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, you can't save all the puppies. I want. I get it. Everyone wants to save all the puppies, but sometimes you you, you just have to save the one. And, yeah. and that's your impact and that's your influence. So be really good to the one. Make that one your number one and your only one. Yeah. So but before we go, you just reminded me of a story uh, by a crazy fucker. Uh, his name was Lauren Isley. And Lauren Isley, uh, he actually believed that humans evolved from catfish. So he is crazy as fuck. But he actually wrote a short story that was absolutely impactful for me. And it was the, it was the old man in the sea. And if you've ever read the story, it's an old man. He walks down to the beach, and there's a young boy who's just following a thunderstorm. There's a young boy furiously hurling starfish into the ocean as hard and as fast as he can. He's picking them up, throwing them in the ocean, picking them up, throwing them in the ocean. Looking left or right on the beach, he saw that there were millions of starfish on that beach. And he looked at the boy, and he said, why are you wasting your time? Nothing you do is going to make an impact here. Look at all of these starfish on the beach. The little boy looked down in his hand and he looked at the starfish in his hand and he hurled it into the water and he turned around to the old man and he said, it mattered to that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's it. We're going to be back in a hey, couple of minutes. Hey, we're here for good times and sexy stories, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they can't all be sunshine and roses, but guys, I hope you'll hang around because Whiskey of the Month is coming up next. And this is a Whiskey of the Month that hit me like a ton of bricks when I figured out the story behind it. And I hope you guys will appreciate it as much as we do. Yeah, it's actually an incredible story. It's going to be a little bit longer than your customers. So if you're a TLDR person, that's your warning. Yeah, this is is a longer whiskey of the month. It is incredible. And I implore you to hang in there with us. All right. We'll be back in a hot second. We're not going to make Mallory tell you guys where we are and how to find us because you're still fucking here. So you know where we are and how to find us. We're we're in the corn. We're in the corn. With the corn dog. All right. We'll be back right after this. You've been listening to Casual Smoker. Welcome back. Question mark. (laughs) 
<laughs> the casual swinger. I'm Mallory. Was that like this grand exclamation? <laughs> I'm Mallory. Fucking four years we've been doing this, and I was like, do I say back or not? Do I do it? I'm just gonna do it. Assume they're back. Yeah. No. No regrets. No regrets. This is Mickey, by the way. Hi, honey. Hi. So, whiskey of the month time. I know we're coming in at the end of the month with this. There's a good reason for it. We wanted to talk to you guys from the great state of Iowa with our hosts for the casual swinger trip coming woot, woot. up in April First inaugural, yes. First one ever. Really excited about that. But also, we've got a it's story amazing. to tell you. Woo! See what I there? <laughs> M-A-I-Z-E. Uh, ma- no? All right. It's okay. You guys, it's so hard to tell a story with you ass clowns around. You're welcome. We weren't going to comment, but you looked at me, so I had to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we get started with Whiskey of the Month, we're going to go with our old faithful starry. What time is it? Candy is dandy, but whiskey makes you frisky. That's right. It's time for Whiskey of the Month. And this month's Whiskey of the Month is going to be a little bit different. As you know, the story of the whiskey we choose is as much the attraction here on Casual Swinger as the whiskey itself. And this month's selection is about so much more than whiskey. It's a story of the first known African-American master distiller. A story about much more than a man. It's a story of honor, respect, and an unlikely friendship that could be the greatest American story you've never heard. It's a story about a legend from the woods of Tennessee that changed the world and never got the respect he earned until more than a hundred years after his own death. It's sincerely incredible. So the story of Nathan Nearest Green is one of the most remarkable yet forgotten stories of our lifetime. Uncle Nearest, as his family and friends in his hometown of Lynchburg, Tennessee called him, was the first known African-American master distiller. Born in Maryland around 1820, we don't know if he was born into slavery or later became a slave. But what we do know is sometime around the mid-1800s, he was rented to and began working on the farm of a country preacher and distiller in Lincoln County named Dan Call. Nearest was a skilled distiller specializing in the process that gave his whiskey a unique smoothness known as sugar maple charcoal filtering, which is a mouthful. Today it's called the Lincoln County Process. It is believed by many whiskey and food historians to have brought in by slaves who were already using charcoal to filter their water and purify their foods in West Africa. Nearest was such a skilled distiller and his sugar maple charcoal filtered whiskey was the best in his area. In the mid-1850s, a young white boy came to work at the farm where Nearest operated as their master distiller. The young boy was the tenth child in his family and lost his mother to sudden illness at the age of four months, so it wasn't surprising at all that he began looking for things to do away from his family home. He worked as a chore boy for the preacher, milking cows, feeding slop to the pigs, getting water from the spring house, and all the other things farm hands do. He wasn't a privileged boy, he was a worker just like Nearest. Now, while the young boy worked for the preacher, he kept asking about the smoke uh, coming up through the hollow on the... That's a holler. Holler. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, where you come from, it's a holler. Um, On the 338-acre property. He knew there were men hurrying back and forth from that area with mules and wagons, but he was never allowed to go. Finally, after some time of working as a chore boy, the preacher agreed to give him in uh, into the, uh, the boy's curiosity and to take him to the area on the property where the smoke came from. Introducing the young boy to a coal black Negro, as later described in the boy's biography, by saying, this is Uncle Nearest. He's the best whiskey maker I know of. And asked Nearest to teach the young boy everything he knew about distilling, especially his process of sugar maple charcoal filtering. 
Now, the important thing to know about this special process that Nearest taught is the only difference between bourbon and Tennessee whiskey is this special filtration. So what Nearest was teaching the young boy to do was how to make Tennessee whiskey. So as the years went by, the young boy continued learning from Nearest and eventually became old enough to begin selling his unique whiskey in other towns near Lynchburg. His oldest soldiers during the Civil War and found he was a great salesperson and entrepreneur. The whiskey he sold quickly became uh, the most popular in the area. During the Civil War, at the age of 15, the young boy lost his father and began uh, became an orphan. Uh, he would need to fend for himself uh, all the remaining days of his life and chose the whiskey business as his career and a savior. Following the Civil War, uh, once Nearest was a free man, the white choreboard turned businessman uh, partnered with Preacher in the distillery and eventually purchased the Preacher's shares and renamed the distillery after himself. The young man asked Nearest to be his first master distiller, an extraordinary request for such a time and place in history. What a show of respect that was. Mm-hmm. For the time, it's just unheard of. Mm-hmm. Over time, that young white chore boy moved from the property and took his growing whiskey business with him. Although Nearest retired and did not go to his newest distillery, Nearest's sons, Louis, Eli, and George, all continued the tradition of making the best whiskey in the area and went to work with the young man at his new place. Nearest's grandsons, Charlie and Ott, also went to work for the new distillery. That young white boy, who became a brilliant businessman, went on to become one of the most famous whiskey makers in the world. His name was Jasper Newton. Those of us in Lynchburg, of course I'm not in Lynchburg, but that's where I got this piece of the story from, knew him as Uncle Jack. The rest of the world knows him as Jack Daniel. Ah, the big reveal. What's really incredible is it wasn't until 2019, so think, think about that, think about the hundreds of years that have passed at this point, that Nearest Green was actually recognized by Brown Foreman, the parent company of Jack Daniels, as their first master distiller, replacing Jack Daniel himself. That might never have happened if not for the efforts of an entrepreneur and author, Fawn Weaver, who became obsessed with the story and learning about the truth behind the legend of this Tennessee whiskey. She actually moved from California to Lynchburg, Tennessee, and tracked down local historians, descendants, and documents to fully understand the impossibly deep impact of this master of his craft. To further celebrate his contributions, Weaver started Uncle Nearest and started producing a sourced whiskey that won over 21 awards in its early years, including the coveted double gold from San Francisco Spirits Competition. As further homage to his contributions, every barrel of Uncle Nearest 1884 is hand-selected by a descendant of Nearest Green, and each bottle features the signature of that descendant who chose the barrel. Today, on their 353-acre property, they house a distillery, a rickhouse, and sprawling homage to the Nearest Green family and descendants that have created these amazing whiskeys. It's home to the fastest growing whiskey brand in America, the only black owned and black led whiskey brand in America, and the first black woman to be named master distiller for any distiller in this country. The first known African American master distiller story, the story of Nearest Green was nearly lost in time for quite some time. But now that we know of this remarkable true story, we can share it and ensure that the credit to long overdue Uncle Nearest is told for generations to come. 
Casual Swinger salutes Fawn Weaver and Uncle Nearest Whiskey by naming the 1884 blend our Whiskey of the Month for July 22, and it is long, long overdue. A fucking men. Cheers to that. So raise your glass. Let's, let's raise our glasses and talk about the, the notes, the palate, uh, the finish of this whiskey. It's actually really, really well done. It is. I mean, and I say actually, that sounds condescending. It's fantastic. Yeah, and it's no longer a sourced whiskey. No. So Uncle Nearest today is made from their own distillate that comes from their own corn that they grow on that 353-acre property in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Yep. So touching on this, so for the connoisseurs that are looking to, to figure out the profiles and see if it, it matches with your palate, on the nose, it's, it's got a melted caramel, uh, French vanilla ice cream mixed berries, and, and light oak, not the charred oak on the nose. Right. And when we talk about nose, that means that's, that's what you get when you breathe in that whiskey for the first time from your glass. Now, the palate is what happens when it first hits your tongue. That's going to be light brown sugar, a little amaretto, some walnut, little cinnamon, coriander, and kind of a medium to thick mouthfeel for such a light and airy bourbon. It's actually a quite a thick mouthfeel. And I love them thick. I know you uh, do. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was right there for the taking. I had to, whether I meant it or not. Um, the finish, which is actually my favorite part of tasting whiskey. I know that we must sound like very pompous assholes right now, but um, the, the finish is where it really rides or dies for me. Um, this one has uh, oak tannins, leather spice, and uh, simple in, in short with like a lingering heat. So what that means is that there's a savory connotation. It's, it's a little masculine actually in its after uh, after flavor, the, the, the finish of it, uh, the back of the mouth feel. Um, but it's not overpowering by the heat of it all. There you go. So the short, finish, the short version is it's a light-bodied whiskey. It's excellent for sipping or mixing into your favorite cocktails. And the story is one that America never should have forgotten. And we're really proud to be able to tell that story here on this show. And we think you should give it a shot. It's $49.99 at retail. You can find it in most of the retailers around the country if you can find it. I'll tell you, of the whiskeys we've selected for you, this one is not necessarily easy to find, but you can it's, find it on Drizzly. Yep, that's true. And um, Total wine. Yep, I think it's starting to grow in popularity. I think the story's starting to prolificate, which makes it obviously more interesting to not only the, the education and the mind frame, but once they realize how good it is, I mean, good news travels fast too. Yeah, so. so the 1884 expression, which is the least expensive expression, uh, is named that because that's the last year of the last barrel of bourbon that Uncle Nearest himself distilled. So 1884 is a homage. celebration of his last barrel. Now, you can also get 1820. 1820 is, the, is their small batch version. It's a little more expensive. It's not our Whiskey of the Month because it's over 50 bucks. Uh, but if you go that route, it's celebrating the year of his birth. And, of course, we don't know exactly when he was born. Since he was a slave, there weren't records kept of that information. So we just kind of guessed. But uh, either way you go, you're going to love Uncle Nearest. And we hope that you love the story as much as we do. Now, of course, we got to get out of here. We're well into over our hour. We hope you had a good time. And we hope, of course, we'll see all of you in April at Hedo. But in the meantime, Mallory, you want to tell everybody where to find us? Yeah, you can find me naked at Hedo in April 2023. Um, we're Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us at CasualSwinger.com. You can message us at podcast at CasualSwinger.com as well. Um, we are also Casual Swinger on social media. Duh. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can find us on the dating sites that are SLS, SCC, Cassidy, and Double Date Nation. All right, guys. It's been a hoot. We'll be back not too long after this with our last episode of Season 4. Say bye-bye 
corn feds. See you later in April. Yeah. And we'll all be naked there. So you guys should <laughs> better come. be there. It's going to be a freaking blast. Cartwheels and jumping jacks. Yeah. These two know how to party and they will throw the best party out there. So everybody come. I love you for that. I'm throwing in a somersault. Ooh, there we go. There we go. Naked party in minutes, folks. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. <laughs> <laughs>